Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, March 8th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. An East St. Louis radio station helped hook listeners in the region on hip-hop back in 1979. That's when New York record executives Joe and Sylvia Robinson sent the song Rapper's Delight to WESL. After Joe had heard about how big it got, he had sent me overnight about five copies, which everybody in town wanted to buy for unbelievable amounts of money. A lot of DJs were called in the studio. We will have more from former WESL owner, Gentleman Jim Gates's conversation with St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis in just a few minutes. A Bosley will not be on the St. Louis Board of Aldermen for the first time in more than 30 years. As St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, Brandon Bosley's loss is among the results from yesterday's primary election. Bosley was one of four incumbent aldermen who did not advance to the April general election. Current State Representative Rasheen Aldridge edged him out of the second spot by just 60 votes. The two men were running in the new 14th Ward. Bosley's father represented the old third ward for more than 30 years, and his brother was the city's first African-American mayor. The exact shape of the ballot was still unknown in final unofficial results. Two candidates in the new ninth ward, Tina Peel and Michael Gross, each received 868 votes. That race will be decided using military and provisional ballots. The primary was the first for a downsized board of aldermen. Turnout was below 13 percent. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. New school test scores show more than 100 Missouri districts could fall to a lower accreditation status if they do not improve in the next few years. Those results are renewing calls for more equitable school assessments. University City Superintendent Sharonica Hardin-Bartley says it doesn't make sense to evaluate all schools the same way. There are also districts with students showing up to schools who are homeless, haven't had a decent dinner or breakfast, and don't know where they will sleep that night. Evaluating them in the exact same way in our opinion, it's not productive, nor is, does it address equity. Hardin-Bartley would like to see a system that includes more information so students are not just rated on how they perform on one test. Schools will not be punished for low scores this year. These results will serve as a baseline, and schools will be rewarded for improvement. A federal judge has struck down a Missouri law banning police from enforcing federal gun regulations. The Midwest Newsroom's Kayvon Mansuri reports the ruling describes the law as a risk to Missouri citizens. U.S. District Judge Brian C. Wimes ruled that Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act exposed its residents to greater harm by interfering with law enforcement regulations and violating the U.S. Constitution. Allison Anderman is Senior Counsel and Director of Local Policy for the gun control advocacy group Giffords. She says the law prevented cooperation between local and federal law enforcement agencies. We have seen all sorts of cooperation between local and state law enforcement with federal law enforcement grind to a halt. And what that really does is put lives in jeopardy. A dozen legislatures are currently considering bills that would impose similar state bans on enforcing federal gun laws. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey says his office plans to appeal the decision. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Kayvon Mansouri. A proposed constitutional amendment to give the legislature power over the state road fund is advancing in Jefferson City. The House has passed the measure. If the Senate approves, this proposal would go to voters. The Missouri Department of Transportation receives a majority of funds from user fees and other sources, including the motor fuel tax. That money is not subject to legislative input. 
Democratic Representative Steve Butts says funding for long-term projects should not be left up to the annual appropriation process. If we have this mantra that says we're always going to, always going to lower taxes, no matter what, it doesn't work. And it doesn't work at all when it comes to MoDOT and their long-term planning. The proposed resolution comes less than two years after the Missouri legislature passed an increase in the motor fuel tax. The head of the Illinois Department of Corrections is stepping down. Shannon Heffernan reports. In June 2019, Rob Jeffries inherited a prison system plagued with staffing troubles, crumbling infrastructure, a poor health care system, and accusations of civil rights violations. As he leaves, the problems are much the same. Jeffries oversaw a tumultuous four years, including leading the prison system through the COVID-19 pandemic. The virus easily spreads in tight prison quarters, and 90 people died behind bars. Corrections Chief of Staff Latoya Hughes will serve as the acting director while the state searches for a permanent replacement. I'm Shannon Heffernan. In the late 70s and early 80s, DJs like Gentleman Jim Gates, E.D.B. Anderson, and Larry Shepard helped introduce the St. Louis region to hip-hop. The genre turns 50 this year and is still at the forefront of pop culture. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis asks Gates about helping to usher in a new era of music when New York record executives delivered some of the first hip-hop records to play on East St. Louis radio station WESL. Well, you start getting all kinds of records. Uh, but Joe Robinson was ahead of the pack because he had, you know, Melly uh, Mel, he had uh, uh, the Furious Five. The edge, I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Standing on the front stoop, hanging out the window, watching all the cars. Joe had everybody. Uh, even the first girls sequence, girls group that rapped. When did rap kind of take over here in St. Louis? Uh, it, I think it was, it had to be early 80s, you know. Uh, we still had, you know, groups like Teddy Pendergrass and Temptations still had hit records, but always the biggest records were rap. Were there people like within the early 80s, mid 80s or so that you remember who were pushing the genre forward, who were DJing hip hop, who like oh, yeah. people should know as the yeah. pioneers? Yeah, uh, you can't say anything about St. Louis Radio unless you mention uh, Jockenstein, Dr. Jockenstein. His name is Rod King. I hired him, oh my God, what, um, about 76, 7. The whole image that I wanted to make of WESL was the Motown of radio, meaning if you're listening to us and you hear all these names, gentlemen Jim Gates, Dr. Jockenstein, Curtis Boogeyman Soul, the original Godfather, EDB. I mean, these are star names, but they were real names. Could you kind of describe a little bit how it was in the, you know, St. Louis, East St. Louis radio scene prior to Rapper's Delight coming out? And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who were the big players? They were sending records here from New York. They weren't all as good as Rapper's Delight. They weren't even close. Joe Robinson at Sugar Hill Records, which was all platinum records, his wife just took the instrumental side of Sheik's, uh, I think it was Good Times. Good times. And just flipped it over and they did their own rap. 
I played it in my office and I gave it to Edie. And I said, you got to play this. I don't want to play that. I can't play that. And the first time she heard a scratch, you know, and they did a scratch thing. Chicken, chicken. And she said, oh, no. Uh-uh. You know, and I, um, I said, you got to have to play it twice an hour. <laughs> How did the public respond to the hip-hop music that you all were playing? Like, well, uh, that's why we knew it was okay. But as the years go by, you kind of integrate all of that stuff, the old with the current and then the new, and you kind of evolve, and it creates its own, you know, environment. I mean, it's funny. Most folks who loved hip-hop and rap, they didn't really know that they were really evolving into that. They just knew what was hip, what was hot, what was now. So I love Motown, which I knew was a sound, but the audience didn't really know Motown from Philadelphia, which was the OJs and Harold Melvin, Teddy Pendergrass. But if you mix them all during the day and they hear it, they're evolving into all of that. Mm-hmm. And they don't call it hip-hop or whatever. They just call it straight-up soul music with rap. That was Gentleman Jim Gates speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis. Our David Casares edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.